This is Pastor Lloyd Maddox, bringing to you a message about the lifestyle of Jesus from our ministry library. This is the Maddox Podcast. I'd like to read Acts chapter 2, verse 38. You may know it by heart. If you know it by heart, don't even turn to it. Just say it out loud when I read it to you. And then I'm going to read to you out of Luke chapter 19. And I want to begin with verse number 35 there. Luke chapter 19, verse 35. First, I want to read out of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 38. The scripture reads like this is Peter's um, conversation. He's continuing it. And this is what he said. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Most of you have read that scripture for many years. If you've been in the Spirit-filled church for any length of time, it's kind of a, um, a scripture that we read that covers a, ver- a variety of areas of our fundamental truth. Covers the area of being water baptized. Covers the area of salvation. It also covers the area of God's infilling of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus takes you and not only baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, baptizes you into himself. Then I want to read to you out of Luke chapter 19. And I want to begin with verse number 35. As I read this, I'll share with you my topic and tell you exactly where I feel the Lord has me headed so that you'll know what I'm trying to say as I say it to you. This is right after Jesus has sent his disciples, or a few of them, to get a young colt that had never been ridden. And they went through the little story, and I'll share more of that with you in just a moment. But they brought the little colt back to him, and Jesus gets on him. Verse 35 of Luke 19. And they brought him, referring to the colt, to Jesus. And they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. As he went, they spread their clothes in the way. When he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to share with you this morning some things that surrounds both Jesus' triumphant Uh, his triumphant journey into Jerusalem, uh, generally referred to as the Palm Sunday. And I'm going to talk about the Pentecost. And I've titled my message this morning, A Preview of Pentecost. I saw lots of parallels in Jesus's triumphant entry into Jerusalem with the victory at Pentecost. And I would like to share these things with you. First of all, I saw in Jesus's entry into Jerusalem, his power. Secondly, I saw his purity as he cleansed the temple, as he recognized sin and did not let it stay in the physical temple. How many of you believe he recognizes sin in our temple and is not willing that it should stay in our temple? Thirdly, I recognized his ability to have anything he wanted by commanding that they go and get the little coat. Whatever he had need of, he could have it. And I believe that Pentecost has said those same things. For instance, I believe that on the day of Pentecost, we received power. 
I believe that on the day of Pentecost, only the pure, those that had been perfected, cleansed from their sins, received the power on that day. I also saw on that day that every person there received the Holy Spirit's power, the Holy Spirit baptism. So there was plenty of Holy Ghost baptism to go around. You believe it's still plenty in the church today? I've had pastor after pastor ask me, how do you get people baptized in the Holy Ghost in your church? And I tell them, you usually get what you preach. Now that's an oversimplified statement. For instance, I am quite aware that at any moment, breaking out in our church as well as anybody's church could be an adulterous affair. At any moment, a family in our church could divorce and go their separate ways. At any moment, could come up and someone who's involved in incest. At any moment, we could find a, a wife beater. But I am a believer that every time you preach the word of God, you help people have power to overcome those sins. Are you aware of what I'm saying? If you address sin to the church, instead of just condemning the sin, prepare the saints with the word of God to oppose the sin when it comes as temptation. Amen? You prepare the church with the power of the word. The power doesn't come through the praise and worship. The power doesn't come through the testimonies. The power comes through the word of God. The praise and worship can only be really gotten into by those who have taken the word and let it purify the heart. And then the praise and worship means a lot. By the power of God's word, we receive that kind of power. So this morning, I want to talk about my first point. I want to talk about the power that Jesus expressed on Palm Sunday, as we would call it, and the power that it was expressed at Pentecost. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 30 and 31, Jesus said, Go ye into the village over against you, and into which at your entering ye shall find a coat tied, whereupon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him thither. If any man asked you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever had an opportunity to try an animal, try to ride an animal that had never been ridden. Is anybody here could dare say you ever tried to ride an animal that was never ridden? Anyone? Victor, did you ever try to ride an airplane that had never been ridden before, brother? Now, how many of you would say with me, there's one back there. How many of you would say with me, it is almost impossible to do that unless you are a mighty good rider. Anybody ever try to ride a calf? Okay. How about a hog? You notice I've got my hand raised on all of those. How about a young colt that had never been ridden? Anybody ever try riding one of those? Bareback. I'm the one that was bareback on that thing. He headed straight for a clothesline when he figured out that I was on his back. And there was nothing but a big pile of ashes where I had to go. And so I dove off of that young colt to keep that clothesline. How many of you know what a clothesline is? I dove off of that heart, a little coat to keep him from hanging my neck. And I, you know, I think he was smart enough to know that he could run under that because there was all kinds of things he could have ran away and never ran under that. How many of you believe that for Jesus to tell him to bring him, he knew he had power over that animal? Never even questioned him. He said, you bring that animal here and I'll ride him. And according to the Bible, that animal never gave him one moment's problem when he sat upon it. How many of you believe that's power? I'm going to share with you that on the day of Pentecost, we were given the same kind of power to overcome obstacles. Overcome obstacles. Every one of us have obstacles in front of us. 
Anybody ever prayed for a car to start? We're coming back from Mexico. There's a man can tell you what I'm, verify I'm telling you the truth. Andy's sitting right there. And we had uh, the, the, uh, all of our four vehicles, and Brother Steve Viviala is driving his 84 Chevrolet one-ton pick-em-up truck, pulling the trailer. And his wife told us, said, said uh, we got to stop. There's, there's loud noise in our, in our engine. And these two are new Christians. And um, this is Friday, and Steve got baptized in the Holy Ghost on Sunday night or Monday, and I forget which. And we're driving down the road, and we pull the hood up, and Brother Beeman comes around and he says, you've got a flat lifter. And he said, it probably won't hurt anything. It's just going to get flatter and flatter. And after a while, it'll go metal to metal. And I said, Steve, did you ever pray for a vehicle? I said, lay your hands on it. And so four of us laid our hands on that vehicle and we prayed for it and closed the hood on it and off we went. And about 10 minutes later, Kathy came on the CB and says, our engine's not making that noise anymore. Praise God. And we came home and I, I don't know, I don't think they've slowed down yet. Anybody here believe God can overcome obstacles if we'll pray and believe him? It's time that we remembered and began to realize that on the day of Pentecost, they received power because the church was consistently going to have obstacles that it has to overcome. I thought as I read this scripture, how many of you believe that the greatest deception is the closest to the truth? The greater the deception, the closer to the truth it becomes. I thought about um, the Davidian cult outside of Waco that David uh, Koresh or whatever his made up name is. His real name is something else. I'm going to figure out what it is and I'll call him by it. He would like to do the same thing that Jesus did. He would like to have the people believe that he could just bring a young colt out and let him ride it. I thought about the kind of power that Jesus had over that. But I thought about the pure power that the Lord has for you and I. And the pure power is that we literally have God's power to overcome obstacles that come up in our life. And it is important because that power that God gave us at Pentecost also is the power to destroy strongholds of Satan. The power to destroy strongholds of Satan. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem triumphantly, he walked into the temple and he destroyed Satan's strongholds physically and then spiritually took authority in the sanctuary. He physically threw down the tables, threw down their money, let their pigeons go. He literally kicked them out and let their animals get out. And he cleansed the temple by destroying Satan's stronghold. Are you aware of 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 where it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not manly. They're not something that we have devised. But they are mighty through God. What does it mean to be mighty? You have power. You have power. On the day of Pentecost, we were given power to become overcomers. We were given power to be witnesses. We were give, given power to demonstrate Jesus and his actions in our lives. When Jesus went triumphantly into Jerusalem, he exhibited power over the church and he cleansed the church and purified it physically. And then he came back and purified it and cleansed it spiritually because according to the Bible, there were children praying in the altars, crying out to God after the cleansing of the temple. That's power. That's the power that God is trying to tell us. You see, we must recognize that Satan is the God of this world. Little g, God. He is the God of this world. We should not be intimidated, nor should we be 
of the mind surprised at the gross sin that's going on in our society. We should not be shocked at all because Satan is the God of this world. How many of you are glad this world is not your home? Remember the song? I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me to heaven's open doors, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You'd have to be old to remember that. Not old, but you'd have to be older than some to remember that song. I'm saying to you this morning that God's power is for you and I, while we exist in this world, our power is over the power of the God of this world. We have him under our feet. We put our heel on his head. But this is not our home. This is just a place that we're here for a while. And sharing again yesterday, I, I, I talk so much about my age since I reached a half a century that you may think I'm down, but I'm not. It's, it's kind of exciting to be this age. You don't have to go through all the last 50 years again. I'm, you're glad of that. But I told them, I said, you know, when I began thinking about it, I don't have a lot more time. I've got a lot less time to live than I've already lived. And I've realized that when Paul said we're but a vapor here, that's exactly what it means. Should I die or God rapture me up some way in another 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years, no one will even know I existed on this earth. So the only thing that means anything to me in this life is Jesus, that I have his power to make an impression on this world while I'm here. But I've got a home awaiting me. When I read to you this morning out of the first chapter of the book of Acts, that last part says, why do you men stand here gazing? Don't you know that just like he went up, he's going to come back again to get you? He's going to come again in like manner, according to the word of God. That's what he said. And I'm going to say again to you, the power of the Lord is that he gave us power to destroy the strongholds of Satan. Some of you know that Jesus destroyed strongholds in your life. Well, I believe that whatever God has given you, you're going to have to give it to somebody else. If he destroyed sin in your life, then you're going to have to tell others, God can destroy sin in your life because he destroyed sin in my life. He's an overcomer and he has given me the power to be an overcomer. I believe that Palm Sunday was a preview of Pentecost. That when we see the great things that happened in, to Jesus on that journey to Jerusalem, know and mark it in your book that God sent that kind of power on Pentecost to give to you and I, his church, that we no longer can be under the powers of sin, but we are overcomers of sin. Power to save and fill believers with the Holy Spirit baptism and to heal. Look with me in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. How did they have that kind of power? They were there at Pentecost. They were there at Pentecost. And God gave them the power to witness the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going I'm to point it right at us. Do we have the power of Pentecost today that we could speak of the resurrection of Jesus to those that need it. Our world is still looking for the church to be the church. Our world is still looking for somebody who called themselves Christians to act like it. And I'm saying to you, get the power of Pentecost. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask Jesus to take his Holy Spirit and immerse you in it and baptize you in it until you have the power that Jesus gave on Pentecost. And then look with me in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. 
The Bible says this. This is uh, Peter preaching to Cornelius. And he's telling them how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. This morning and when I was uh, awake, uh, trying to get awake, listening to the radio, KSBJ had some men involved in um, a ministry helping people with the HIV. These were Pentecostals that have a um, some kind of a house in Houston where they, they have four men now that have the HIV and they will later they will have seven. And he was talking about how that these men that God had to show him they could be saved even with the HIV virus within them. And they said, to say you have the HIV is to say you are dead because you will die. There is no cure for it right now. And he was talking about the fact that they have to give these men Jesus. He said the first few times that he thought about it, it, it was repulsive to him because of the manner in which they had contacted, contracted the HIV. And then they talked about how that God gave them compassion for these men. How that when they received the Lord, they have the power to be saved. I don't know why we're not hearing more of the power of God bringing healing to people with HIV. I don't know. Unless it's the nature of the cause of it and how it spread. Because it spread in immorality. It spread in drug abuse are the two number one ways or number two highest prevalent ways that it is spread. Right now, they're supposedly are testing every bit of blood that comes through for the HIV before it's given. So fewer and fewer people are catching the HIV through blood transfusion. Most of them are through sexual acts or through uh, using needles that have blood in them. But I'm talking about a power that cleanses man from sin. I've already figured out that my body is very temporal. Yesterday, Brother Mike, who sings in our choir, was telling me about a friend of his that he had witnessed to about the Lord, was driving home last Wednesday probably doing about 65 or 70, either went to sleep or something, crossed the median down close to Galveston, hit another truck head on. They said the collision was probably something like a 120 mile an hour collision. They said the bumper was within inches of the front seat. Of course, he was killed immediately. And I say our physical bodies can't stand anything. It can't stand anything. It's a very temporal body. Our soul can't be killed. It's time that the church realized we've got Pentecostal power to witness for men and women. No matter what you think of their souls, no matter what you think of the sin of homosexuality or lesbianism, no matter what you think of incest or adultery or fornication, every body contains a soul that will live eternally. We need to pray for those sinners. Are you hearing me? And we do not just need to go do a mamsy-pamsy prayer. It's got to be a Pentecostal powerful prayer. How many of you know some of these people involved in drugs and immorality would love to get out of it? But they've been locked in by their body, by the spirit. And the church must understand. Jesus took the power and rode into Jerusalem, walked right into the church and cleansed the church. If he can do that physically, he can do it spiritually into any heart that's willing to listen to him. The preview of Pentecost. Things to come. Church, it has come. We have experienced Pentecost. We are so close to the coming of the Lord. It could be a breath away. We're so close to the coming of the Lord. It could be but a moment's notice. God could call his church home. But he's coming after a church that's working for him. Because he's given me power to do the work. He's left me with a job to do. 
My son went to Mexico. He had just bought a car. It was all primed and everything. All it needed was a good paint job on it. He gave a man money to paint it. The man told him he'd have it at the house on Tuesday. We got back, no car. Finally went over to the man's business and there sets his car, not even been touched. My son gets the car and brings it back and paints it himself. Looks real good. He just didn't want to take the time to do two days worth of work on it. He paid this man to do two days worth of work on it. God left us in charge, spreading the gospel. Gave us an opportunity to have the power to spread the gospel. He gave us Pentecost. Today, he's coming back and he's going to see, have you taken his power? Have you spread the word resurrection? Father, thank you for these moments. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us a preview of Pentecost. Thank you, Lord, for being an overcomer. And thank you for allowing us to overcome. Thank you, Father, for the power of purity. For you cause us to be pure through the fire of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for giving us plenty of power that we can do all things. Thank you for the praise that they did to you on the Palm Sunday. And thank you for the praise on Pentecost Day. Is there anyone here this morning where you would say with me, Pastor Maddox, I'm guilty of sin in my heart. I've allowed sin to come in and I can't witness how sin is in my heart. I need God to forgive me of my sin that I might be the right kind of witness. If there's anyone like that, would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you right now. I see that hand and that hand and that hand. Is there anyone here this morning say, Pastor, I do not believe I've done what God wanted me to do of talking to people about Jesus. And I want the power to walk, to talk to them about the Lord like he wants. Raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you also. Yes, I see hands across the building. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you have given your church your only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Lord, I thank you for that covenant. But Lord, I also thank you that once we've come to Jesus for the cleansing power and the Holy Spirit has cleansed us of all of our sins, I thank you, Lord, that you made opportunity for me to have the power of Jesus, the same power that Jesus had. And you fill me with your Holy Spirit and you immerse me into that Holy Spirit and you baptize me, Jesus, in that Holy Spirit that I might be the greatest witness that I could ever be by the power of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Forgive these people of their sins, Lord. Set them free and cause these, Lord, to be an effective witness, listening to your Holy Spirit as to when they should testify, listening to them every, listening to you every day, giving instructions to them. Forgive us and cause us to be powerful witnesses for you. We pray this in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We would like to invite you to follow us at Maddox Ministries on Facebook. Feel free to send us a message. We would love to hear how today's message impacted you. You can also email Pastor Maddox at lmaddox, M-A-D-D-O-U-X, at suddenlink.net. And until next time, remember, Christianity is not just a religion. It is a lifestyle, a way of life that God has commanded us to live. This is the Maddox Podcast, and we are still here talking about Jesus.